Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, July 21st, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini, and even though he's not listening, happy birthday to my brother Ryan. Oh, Saving Private Ryan. No. No. Okay. <laughs> it's not your brother? He's not Private Ryan. No. Ryan was the last name of the guys in the movie, not his first. Ah, whatever. Uh, this is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Happy birthday to Ryan in Nicaragua. Yes, he's in Nicaragua right now. He'll be back tomorrow. He's on a little uh, Weekend mission trip. trip down there. Yeah. <laughs> That's often where people go is to Nicaragua. Um, but, James, I, I, I must say I, I was supposed to go see uh, Angels in America last night, as I told you in our little Slack channel last night. Didn't actually happen. <laughs> so uh, that's one of the bad things about these live broadcasts of theater productions. I have never been to one. Well, I mean, I'm sure I've been to one or two, but I, uh, I go to a lot of these things, and I would say 75% of them often have some sort of issue. Last night was one of them where we had a big storm here in Orlando uh, yesterday, about an hour, an hour and a half before uh, the Angels in America was supposed to start. James, you know it rains here every day every afternoon in the summer but apparently they were downloading the 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 broadcast during that storm and it knocked out their connection so they weren't able to download the last 20 minutes so they gave us vouchers and said sorry you can watch it except for the last 20 minutes or you can get a refund so in my typical displeasure i took the refund and went home and then hoping to find another way to see it before next thursday when part two comes so if anyone knows of any central florida theaters uh playing it hit me up so basically these movie theaters are nothing large but large netflix repositories yes that's correct i know for um the nt live ones from you know, kind of working with NT Live behind the scenes on a few things in the past, that they give them the um, the ability to download the movie up to 24 hours before it starts because these this is still a production that's going on now. It's not like it's been in the can for months, uh, so they can kind of get it whenever they want. But this is a, a filmed version of the production that's happened in the past couple weeks. So they finally put it all together. They give the theaters the opportunity to download the film um, up to 24 hours before the, the broadcast in my local cinema waited until the last minute to do that and then a bunch of people didn't get to see it so a little disappointed when i saw newsies at the same theater earlier or was it last year or this year or whatever it was um they started 15 minutes early and then had to restart because people were mad when they walked in and it had already started so just par for the course but anyone who saw it, I know our friend Debbie Schrager uh, uh, sent me a tweet when she saw that I wasn't seeing it and said that um, at intermission it was fantastic. So I'm excited to hear how everybody who did get to see it enjoyed it. One of our listeners, Rob Johnston, is a uh, – a, uh, he's a technician for yes. uh, movie theaters. And so maybe we can ask him about that and see – maybe your theater mm. had like DSL or something. <laughs> dial up. Ethernet. Yeah, they they dial, dial up. <laughs> yeah. All right, we should get to the news. Hamilton announces a Tony-nominated replacement. Actually, it's two Tony-nominated replacements. Mm -hmm. um, yesterday, two yeah, big, 
Yes. Well, you probably have to pay for both tickets. But anyway, um, the reason is because they're in two different locations, James. So first, Passing Strange Tony nominee and longtime Book of Mormon cast member Daniel Breaker will replace Brandon Victor Dixon. More on where he's going later. Beginning on August 29th in the Broadway production of Hamilton. Dixon will play his final performance on the 13th. Breaker has been playing Burr in Chicago since this April. Then for the second casting move, we're going to stay in the second city as Memphis Tony nominee Montego Glover will succeed Tony winner Karen Olivo as Angelica Schuyler. Olivo will play her final performance on August 6th and Glover will assume the role in early September. Broadway Hamilton cast member Gregory Trico will take over as Burr in Chicago beginning on September 8th. James, these are great casting announcements. Our friend Lisa Goldberg, who um, is the press rep for both Montego Glover and Mandy Gonzalez now has two of the three Angelicas uh, in her stable of clients uh, uh, in the three productions uh, currently running around the country. But it must be nice to be producer Jeffrey Seller when you have Tony nominees just willing and able to replace in your show no matter where it's playing. Yeah, I wish I could be Jeffrey Seller for a day. Actually, I wish I could be Jeffrey Seller for longer than a day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure his job, you know, we all know that the job is not easy. I'm sure that he's had to get many new phone numbers from all people crawling out of the woodwork yes. saying, Hey Jeffrey, remember we went to high school together and I need twelve tickets for Hamilton this Friday evening? Uh, that type of thing. But uh certainly uh Jeffrey Sell is making it work. <laughs> yes he is. All right. Uh, Michael Riedel provides an update on the boss and children of a lesser god. So yes, Nathan Lane doing. <laughs> no, not the boss. And we're not talking about Alec Baldwin's boss baby either. Um, but last night in the New York Post, Michael Riedel gave readers an update on the planned Broadway debut of the boss, Bruce Springsteen. If you remember, we discussed the boss's Broadway gig over a month ago. But since there has been nary a word or detail officially announced, apparently Bruce is in no hurry. As one of Riedel's sources is quoted as saying in the article, he's likely going to sell out his entire run in like a minute. Um, he's planning on doing five shows a week for eight weeks at the Walter Kerr Theater. However, that is making folks at Jew Jameson, who owns the Walter Kerr, a little nervous. Apparently, they passed on a handful of shows in favor of having Bruce in there. So currently, they kind of have all their eggs in the bat on in his basket for the fall. And even though they're still confident that this will happen, they're a little concerned that it's taking so long. Apparently, Bruce is still working on honing his show to make it as exactly what he wants. Apparently the show will be incredibly small with Bruce reportedly reading passages from his memoir, Born to Run, then picking up a guitar to sing a song in between. And he's even considering not having a backup band at all, just Bruce, his book and a guitar. James, I think that despite the lack of quote unquote theatrics, there will still be plenty of people willing to pay top dollar for this show, including apparently you, since you little your your little gasp there uh, sounded like you were pretty excited about that. I'm speechless. So uh, <laughs> no, uh, this is very exciting. Just Bruce and a guitar and talking to the audience. Uh, I mean. Uh, it's great to see the E Street Band, but uh, this is, you know, this seems like a once in a lifetime thing. Not that yeah, I'm I miss, happy. I miss, no, not at all. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel bad for Max Weinberg since I haven't seen mm. him since he left Conan, but, you yeah. know, whatever. Sorry about that. Um, 
Also in Riedel's column yesterday, uh, James, he reported that the Kenny Leon-helmed Joshua Jackson-starring production of Children of a Lesser God, currently playing at the Berkshire Theater Group, is getting really strong reviews up there. And producer Hal Leftig is already talking with theater owners and expects the show to be on Broadway this spring. This was always announced as a pre-Broadway production with their uh, sights set on having it there in spring of 2018. So it sounds like everything is currently running according to plan. All right. So uh, next up, Sondheim discusses a female Bobby in company. Yeah. Last year it was announced that director Marion Elliott had been given permission to do a West End production of Stephen Sondheim's company with a woman playing the central character of Bobby. Well, yesterday, while discussing the Hollywood Bulls one night production of Sondheim on Sondheim with the Los Angeles Times, the maestro himself commented on the production for the very first time. And let's just say that I wish he had spoken with Edward Albee before the playwright passed away uh, because his views on this topic are very refreshing. Sondheim said, quote, the thing about the theater as opposed to movies and television is it's malleable. What keeps theater alive is that every generation there are new actors to play Hamlet. Shows are performed and, most important, directed by different people, and that keeps them alive. He then goes on to explain why he gave permission permission for the gender swap for this production, saying, quote, If you've got somebody as distinguished and innovated, innovative and good as Marion Elliott, and she says, I would love to do company with a female central character. What is there to lose? It can only make the play either either interesting or, if you dislike it, dislikable. But still, I'm fumfurring here. But the point is, that's what keeps the theaters alive. So I'm always open. First, James, fumfer is a verb that means to uh, temporize and mumble, dither or waffle. Oh. And, <laughs> and just in case you were wondering. I was Googling that already. I was like, yeah, what they, is he talking? Uh, you never, you, you know, when, when Sondheim picks a word, you Google it. You don't, you just absolutely. don't pass it over. Absolutely. That's where uh, uh, I first heard the word uh, mollify. Uh, I only know what that means because of the witch's rap. Anyway, um, also, you'll remember earlier this year, the gallery players in Brooklyn did a production of the Stephen Sondheim trunk show, Marry Me a Little, in which they had multiple casts of all different gender combinations. That's a two-person show. And I think Lauren Molina and Jason Tam did it most recently off-Broadway a few years ago. But they had a male-female cast, a male-male cast, and a female-female cast. So Sondheim is certainly open to people exploring the different nuances of the shows with different types of unusual casting. That was not how the show was originally intended. This is all really good stuff. I'm excited about this. And uh, does this mean that we have to go to the to the West Coast to see this company? I guess it does. No, no, no. It's the West End. It's the, oh, West, the West End, End. in London. Yeah, yeah. He was talking it to was the, LA the LA Times, Times. about, this yeah, is the about confusing, Sondheim on Sondheim. You know, yeah. It's too early to do this stuff. All right. And the show and casting news. Signature Theater announces a casting for the Red Letter Plays. Do we have a cast for this? Yeah, funny. Yes, yes, we do. Uh, Yesterday, the casting was confirmed for the two plays by Suzanne Laurie Parks that are titled The Red Letter Plays. The two plays are entitled... cover you know earmuffs of your children here a fucking a and in the blood this is the first time that these acclaimed plays will be uh, presented together they were run simultaneously simultaneously at the pershing square signature theater theater these two plays mark the final production of signature of uh, park's signature residency one Um, all tickets for the initial runs are currently on sale in these productions 
the first one, Effing A, will run from August 22nd through October 1st with a September 1st opening night. And in that cast, James, this is pretty exciting. That is where Brandon Victor Dixon is going. He will be a part of the cast, as will one of our favorites, Mark Kudish, as well as Emmy and Golden Globe Award winner Christine Lottie. That's one hell of a cast. Uh, and then there's a, we'll have the complete cast in the show notes at broadwayradio.com. And then In the Blood, which will run from August 29th through August 8th with the September 17th opening night, the cast will include, among others, Seikon Singbla, who appeared in Eclipsed on Broadway, was in Elphaba and Wicked, and was most recently seen on Scandal on ABC. Also in that cast is Tony Award winner Frank Wood uh, and uh, Obie Award winner Russell G. Jones. So a really, really fantastic sets of casts for these really interesting Suzanne Laurie Parks plays, which I uh, don't know if you want to repeat the name in Mixed Company. All right. So uh, Michael Yuri, friend of the pod, to play Hamlet. He is, yeah. Yesterday, the Shakespeare Theater Company in Washington, D.C. announced that Michael Yuri will play I guess the most celebrated role in theater history beginning on January 16th and running through February 25th of 2018. Hamlet will be directed by the company's artistic director, Michael Kahn. Um, no other casting was announced. Obviously we're still a ways away, but James, we've talked about Michael Yuri, kind of his evolution as a theater star you know, he kind of became known to large swaths of the public on ugly Betty. But I know, Peter uh, and Michael, and I think you you too had talked about just what a fantastic stage star he's become. And he seems to just be doing one play after another to the point where we've got to get him on Broadway again eventually, right? Sure. I was just going to say, you know, uh, in 30 years from now, we're like, oh, remember the Yuri Hamlet? <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's very good, and I'm, I'm excited to see him taking off. Um, Jason Robert Brown uh, gave us a sneak peek of the Prince of Broadway Overture. Yeah, yesterday is kind of a press preview. Jason Robert Brown and a very small band played the overture for the incredible upcoming How Prince uh, retrospective career review. And I've got to say, James... It's not what I expected. Yes, the overture had you know snippets from all of the great shows that are going to be featured in Prince of Broadway, West Side Story, Forum, Fiddler, Cabaret, Evita, on and on and on. Um, but it had a little bit more of a jazzy feel than I expected. Um, I expected with you know all these great productions that How Prince has shepherded to the Broadway stage that it would be kind of a big um, traditional Broadway sound. But it just kind of felt like Jason Robert Brown's Jazz Quartet or something um, playing How Prince songs. So um, I loved it. I was really intrigued by it, but it was not what I was expecting. So I think this might change a little bit what I think we're going to get from Prince of Broadway because the Japanese version was a very big spectacular, but based on this overture, I'm thinking there might've been a little bit of a reshuffling in the direction of the show. Well, Prince of Broadway opens August 24th at the uh, Samuel J. Friedman theater, a tiny theater. And I'm not even sure it has an orchestra pit. Mm. So with as many people have been announced as are in that cast, and uh, Emily Skinner was posting some great photos from rehearsal mm -hmm. the other day, um, 
I wonder if they had to scale back the uh, orchestra to, you know, make it fit on that stage. I don't know. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. The the Freedman only seats about 650 people, um, and it is normally, obviously, with Manhattan Theater Club, a a playhouse. Yeah. And I I th- I want to say that I've heard discussion recently that MTC has had maybe one other musical on Broadway, um, and this would be their second. I I can't think of what it was though. Do you remember? Um, no, I can't really remember, but we should do a correction about the off-center thing. The, uh, one of our readers, oh, right. uh, listeners, yeah. uh, emailed us about that. You do that while I find out the Friedman thing. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so we'd been talking about the off-center series and discussing whether or not any of those shows had transferred to a, a more commercial life after their off-center run. And of course, we're we're stupid. Um, one of the <laughs> I'm more stupid than you. Well, no, I knew this, and, but I for some reason thought that it was actually part of of the regular encore series. But the Sutton Foster, Joshua Henry, Colin Donnell, Violet originally started in the first season of Off Center. I was thinking that Tick Tick Boom, with <laughs> basically everybody that's in Hamilton, um, with uh, Lin Manuel Miranda, Leslie Odom Jr., and Karen Olivo, was the very first Off Center production. So that was actually the first production of the second season. So we uh, stand corrected. I apologize about that, and we really should have known that. And thank you to um, James. You, you keep chiming in and I'm hearing you talk, say these things. Sorry. I'm getting excited to hear what you want. But uh, <laughs> uh, Joseph Warren uh, sent us yeah. that to remind us about uh, uh, about Violet. So we, we appreciate it. Oh, so according to the IBDB, um, uh, the Samuel J. Friedman Theater has housed, I think, 12 musicals, but most of them when they were the – all of them while they were at the Biltmore. Nothing since it's become the Samuel J. Friedman Theater. Mm, this is the okay. first musical at the Samuel J. Friedman Theater, which seems to have been November – October 2008 when it changed from the Biltmore to the Friedman. Before that, uh, shows were like Love Music, Stardust, Honky Tonk mm-hmm. Nights – Doonesbury. I saw Doonesbury there. Oh my goodness gracious! Nineteen eighty-four, uh, a musical called Reggae Up in One Hair. Was this the original? No, it was a revival. It was uh, the revival in nineteen seventy-seven. Hair played. Wow, the Biltmore. Uh, Robert Bridegroom, which I saw off Broadway at Roundabout last year. I played uh, there as well. That was the Patti Lapone when she was naked on stage. Oh, and then Hair, the original Hair was in 68 at the Biltmore as well. So it went back to the Biltmore hmm. in 77 for the revival. So quite a few um, musicals there. Um, yeah. But, but love small. Yeah, Small House. Yeah. What were you saying? Yeah, so I was just saying it sounds like Love Music would have been the only one of those that was an MTC production. So that that makes sense what I was uh what I was heard that um this is their first musical since Love Music. So, perfect. That's awesome. Yeah, we try to limit ourselves to 10 mistakes every morning. Uh <laughs> so I'm glad that we didn't get the uh yeah, Love Music was Manhattan <laughs> Theater Club. Yeah. All right. So uh I think our work here is done. Uh, why don't you wrap us up for the week? <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter at BWWMan. And subscribe to Something Like a Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for wrapping up the week with us. Uh, Matt and I will be back on Monday. Do we have anything on cue for Saturday slot, Matt? Not that I, not that I know of. 
Okay, and on Sunday we have uh, This Week on Broadway, and we'll be talking with Jessica Malaski. Uh, so come visit us then, and if not, Matt and I will talk to you on Monday. Uh-huh.